Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us today from wherever you are. This is such a change from what we were expecting, but we are excited about what God has to teach us today. Danny invited me to speak about the habit of exaltation on this MOVE series, and I felt totally at loss initially, but I'm excited to learn along with you about this habit. My name is Kandi, and I've been attending CCW for over 20 years. I'm married, I've got two children, and four grandchildren. Though retired now, I'm a physiotherapist, and I worked mostly at the Warrego Hospital, but also worked as an assessment clinician at the HK assessment team at La Trobe Community Health Service. Recently, I was endorsed as an elder, an honour and privilege to serve in this way. I lead a life group, with five, and I have five other ladies in the group with me, and we do life together to care and support for each other. Outside of church, I attend community Bible study class, and currently we are studying the Gospel of Matthew. In the past, I've been able to do some study talks for the class as well. So let's recap. We've been learning about the habits of the disciples in the series called Move. Pete Harris started the series with an overview of the habits of a disciple. We've been learning from others about the habits using the Holy Spirit Power acronym. Holy Spirit, we need to be dependent on the Holy Spirit for identity and continued guidance to live life. Prayer is a relational conversation with God. Obedience is to be more like Christ and follow God's commands. The word, scriptures, points to Jesus. He is the only one who gives life. And today we are on about exaltation and relationships. Danny will be doing that next week. Let's pray. Father, you know what's going on in our lives at this stage, but we can still turn to you because you are our Father and you are our God and you have everything in your hands. And as I bring this message to my fellow believers, I pray that you will use your Holy Spirit to guide me, touch their hearts so that they will know that you are here with us and with each and every one who needs you, who rejoices in you, who looks to you for help, and who can rest in you for all they need. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. On reflecting what exaltation means, this came to mind from God's word, and this has tremendous importance for me. It's a passage from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, 46 to 55. This is Luke chapter 1, verse 46 to 55 from the NLT, Mary's Song of Praise. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows his mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things 
and sent away the rich with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful, for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. This is Mary's song. After she heard the news that she's been chosen to give birth to God's son, the promised Messiah, the saviour of the world. This from a young girl who lives in a society and culture totally different from ours today. Was she proud and boasting? No, she was filled with wonder that she could be used by God for an eternal purpose. Mary joyfully and gratefully praised God, her own God. And this is exaltation, honouring, praising, and thanking God for who he is. He is a God who works behind the scenes to fulfil his purposes in the lives of his children who, are, who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. He continues to walk faithfully with us on this journey to help us become more like Jesus, to be Jesus' disciples, reflect God's love and light to those around us and draw them to God. There's a reason why this passage means a lot to me. In year seven, when I attended a Catholic high school, I was expected to study the Gospel of Luke as part of the curriculum. Can you imagine my trepidations? I come from a very strict Hindu family. Fast forward to year 10, and I was invited to attend a scripture union student fellowship meeting where I met this Jesus, and I had, who I had learned about in year seven. And I came to believe in him and became his follower. And all this was on my 17th birthday. So God gave me new life. He is a God who works behind the scenes and he was preparing me for my salvation. So let's get on to the definition of exaltation. Dictionary says, to raise one up to the highest level, acknowledging someone is greater than you or anyone else. So what does that mean for us? As disciples and followers of Jesus, we recognize and acknowledge that God is the almighty, sovereign creator of this universe. God created us in his image, not any random image. He made us with a purpose and for a purpose. We, may, we were made to be in a relationship with him and we were made to honour him and bring him glory, which means we exalt him and give him all the glory for who he is. It is a choice of putting God first in our lives. It is humbling ourselves, giving him first place and priority in everything in our being, in what we think, what we plan, what we dream or desire. Matthew 6 says, Seek first the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Exalting means we praise him for all he is and thank him for all he does for us. Psalm 79, verse 13. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will thank you forever and ever praising you, your greatness to generation.
It means we recognize God is in control of all the details of our lives, and he has good plans for us, and he cares for us, and he's compassionate towards us. Ephesians 4. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. This doesn't mean, of course, that we don't think for ourselves or make plans or do things or dream or desire certain things, but it is the act of surrendering these to God and asking him for his best in all things for us. It is surrendering our attitudes and entitlements. It's not easy. It's trusting God with all the details of our lives. It's trusting God that he knows and he will do all that he has planned for us. It is trust without knowing, without understanding, without expectation, without control. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Jeremiah says, but be blessed, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. And he was a perfect example of that. Brings me to another question. Why exalt God? Because he is sovereign God. With him, all things are possible. He's a redeeming God. He kept the toughest of promises that he will give us his one and only son to reach out to save us, and we didn't have to do anything. Unlike other religions and gods who gave their messages and teachings through human beings to find a way to God through good works and good living. And I know all about that. He's a God of hope and assurance. He has given us a way to be reconciled with him through his son and have a direct relationship with him rather than a prophet or a messenger. We have a future in the, on this earth and eternal life in heaven. God is good. He is good himself. Even though our circumstances may not be good, other people may not treat us good and other people may not be good. We live in a broken world and crazy things are happening to us and around us. And this snap lockdown is a perfect example. But God is still in control, and we cannot attribute this craziness to him. God provides. He's a God who wants to give us what we need and more, free, unconditional. Again, unlike other religions where you have to do good works, make appropriate sacrifices or worship different gods for different purposes. He is a God who cares. He cares for us, our families, our friends, our community, the environment, the planet, the birds and the animals, and on and on. And I like this. He is a God who is available to us. He is ready to teach, he's ready to guide and direct us in the correct ways and lead us in safe ways. Imagine riding a tandem bike, letting God take the lead. You only have to cooperate to keep the bike in balance. 
This is from someone who doesn't ride a bike. And God is a God who is healing our world. He is working in and with us to take all the brokenness, redeeming them and making them new. Psalm 46 verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. And I can find many reasons, which I'm sure you can, many other reasons, I'm sure which you can too. But let us choose to adore God for his attributes that never change. As the words of the song goes, he's a way maker, he's a miracle worker, he's a promise keeper, he's a light in the darkness, and that is who he is. This brings me to look at how do we exalt this God? So we're exploring this habit for the disciple, but what is a habit? It is a routine behavior that repeatedly, repeated regularly. It is a learned behavior that becomes reflexive over time. I'm a physiotherapist, so I know what that means. It is not dependent on circumstances that surround us or how we are doing life at this very moment, but a commitment to practicing this habit. It is a personal habit, born of a relationship of trust and dependence on God. Let's look at some examples now. Jesus is our role model and a perfect example to follow. Jesus, though he was the Son of God, showed us how to live truly as a disciple of God. He lived in such a way to display all the attributes of God. He didn't count himself equal with God yet, but exalted God by giving God the honor and glory as due to his Father. And we can follow this example, and we can depend on the Holy Spirit to give us the desire to do this, to exalt God our Father. John chapter 17 is a worthwhile reading chapter and reflecting on when you have time. Verse 4 says, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And that is Jesus referring back to God the Father in and for all the things he was doing on earth by way of acknowledging that supremacy of God. He relied on God for the things he was destined to do on earth and for the fulfillment of the plan God had prepared for him. He exalted God in various situations. In his weak moments, in the desert after temptation and having fasted for 40 days. In his painful moments, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was torn at the thought of separation from his father in order to be a sacrifice for the salvation of this world. In his ministry moments, when needing power and strength to teach the disciples and the crowd, to heal the sick and the lame, to cast out demons, to calm the storm, feed the crowds that have been following him for days. He often looked up to heaven before acting, acknowledging God the Father. Let's look at a couple of other examples. We all know Paul the faithful apostle of Jesus Christ. 
He faced many trials. He was whipped and beaten. He was put in prison. He was shipwrecked and faced many dangers on his travels to spread the gospel. And he had to endure a thorn in his flesh. He did not understand what was going on or why he had to go through all these trials. And yet he chose to exalt God and give him all the glory for God, his God, for who he was. What about the three friends of the prophet Daniel? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These three young men refused to bow down to worship the king's gods or the golden gold statue the king had set up for his disciples to bow down, sorry, for his subjects to bow down and worship. They were threatened and thrown into a blazing furnace for this disobedience. Their reply was that they worshipped and served their God. They trusted that this God whom they served was able to save them. And even if he didn't save them, they will never worship or serve the king's gods and the gold statue. And the king acknowledged and praised the greatness of these young men's God who had sent angels to rescue them and that they were willing to die for God rather than serve or worship any other God. What an amazing testimony to God. We also read about Peter and Paul in the book of Acts. We read about they were able to witness the risen Lord Jesus ascending into heaven and being exalted at the right hand of God. And this spurred them on to be more like Jesus and carry on his mission. They were empowered by the Holy Spirit and proclaimed the gospel, bringing many to salvation and exalting God for this joyous results. It made such an impact on them that many who believed went on to be baptized, were added to the church, they shared in communion and worship, and cared for those in need with great joy and generosity. Exaltation in action. Well, that brings us to the reality question. What about you and I? You see, exaltation is a habit for right orientation in our relationship with our God. It is the vertical alignment we need to focus on God our Father, who we are in Him, and our, it is our identity. It is not dependent on circumstances, but on our attitude of thankfulness and gratefulness. It is reflecting our response to what is happening in our lives, to who is working in our lives in the background. It is turning to God. It is putting God first to show that we trust God in and for what is happening in every area of our life. It is having a heavenly perspective with what is going on in our earthly life. So, when life is hard and demanding, when things don't go according to plans, when trials were heavy, and there seems no end to the heartaches and disappointments. What is our response? What should our response be? Are we able to say, God is still worthy of our praise and adoration?
because of who he is. And he has first place in my life. When we feel happy and joyful and satisfied and blessed, do we exalt God because he's the generous giver? Or do we take credit for these blessings because they have come due to our own abilities? What about when life seems lonely and sad and empty? When you face dark nights on your own, not knowing how to respond to what life is throwing our way? Can we still turn to rest in our identity of being God's children and exalt him for his faithful presence with us and turn to him for the comfort and strength we need? What about when we are with family and loved ones? Can we acknowledge God's in all that too, for all that he has poured out into our lives and give him the acclamation he deserves? Or do we congratulate ourselves on the success of having done well in looking after and caring for family and loved ones? And what about outside our home spheres? It's easy to acknowledge God when everyone is on the same page as us, isn't it? But at school, at work, at leisure or sports activities, with friendship groups, relationships we invest in outside our family and church community. This can sometimes be so hard and scary because there are different environments where we don't have others around us with similar outlook or opinions, beliefs or life goals. Can we lift out our faith in these situations and be prepared to admit the role and place God has in our lives. It won't be easy, nor will it be automatic, to develop a habit that relies on giving over control of our life to God. Our human nature would want to be independent, to do what we want, to be in control, to take the reward for being in charge, to make decisions and make our own choices. But I think if we truly know God and we recognize him that he is prepared to let the and we are prepared to let the holy spirit within direct and transform us rather than the attractions of the world the community culture and the society around us we don't want to let them influence and lead us down that worldly ways being transformed in the inside will make us realize and experience the magnitude of God we know and trust. We would then want to praise him and thank him and worship him and exalt him in every wakeful moment of our life. So the topic is exaltation. And I found out the collective noun for a group of larks is exaltation. Can you imagine and hear the sound of a large group of larks can make, I think they are exalting their maker. We may not all be able to sing or play instruments to God, to make music to God, but we can still join in the chorus of human voices or even be a single voice exalting our mighty God. I can't sing, I can't play any music instruments, but I can testify 
to the Lord being exalted in my life because of what he has done for me and how he has carried me through every area of my life. Let us then humbly praise God and give thanks to our God when we are alone, when we are with one another, when we are at church, when we come to worship together. There are amazing possibilities that are available to us when we depend on God. In the parable of the rich man seeking to earn eternal life, he, but he was having difficulty accepting Jesus' answer on how to inherit this eternal life. And the disciples too got confused when they heard this answer. But Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible, but not with God. Everything is possible with God. Similarly, it may seem an impossible task to develop the habit of exalting God, but with God, it is possible to learn and grow and develop in this habit. And that is my prayer for each of you. So let me close in prayer. Thank you, Father God, for being with us today. Thank you for the words that you have given us and help us to, Lord, to ponder and concentrate and reflect and take in what we can and what you want us to take in, to learn to love you more, to give you all glory and honour in our lives, to give you first place in our lives, Lord, because then everything will fall in place, even in hard times and trials, even in happy and joyous occasions, but most of all, in the day by day, minute by minute, walking this journey on earth with you will bring tremendous blessings for us. So be with us as we look to you for the rest of the day and the week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen.